and welcome to your replay for Monday, March 14th, 2022. Replay is, of course, your weekly breakdown of all of the latest in gaming news hosted by us, the Good Night Groofs, a place for games and a place for goofs. You know, we're actually still workshopping that slogan, but my name is Paul and I am joined, as always, by Matt. A little bit different this week uh, over the last... Uh, month or so we have been recording the show live since our 100th episode as we switch to our weekly format but today uh, for podcast listeners you'll notice no difference because we're just hanging out recorded we had to uh, change things up because we got a little sports fan over here who uh, didn't want to miss out on uh, some some sports is it is it March Madness Matt is that what this is yeah pretty much so I, you know this is what I was going to go into when you ask me Matt how's how's your weekend been going how you been doing well you know what it is the epitome now of the college basketball season. This is not going to matter to probably everyone listening, but I'm a massive college basketball. I fan. I doubt it. College sport. basketball is huge. Like it, like March Madness is huge across. March America. Madness is itself is big. Yes. So I'm a massive college basketball fan. Like throughout the entire season, not just March Madness. Today is Selection Sunday when we're recording, and so the selection show would literally be happening as we were doing the live show. And so I, that is not something that can happen because for me, it's like <laughs> Christmas. So it would be like missing Christmas. And so, yeah, it's the conference tournaments throughout the week. And in this weekend, it's the, a bunch of the championship games. So enjoying that. And then we find out, well, when this show goes up for everyone on podcast feeds, we'll know the 68 teams in the bracket. So fill out your brackets. Make sure you get all that done before Thursday around noon. Uh, and then uh, hopefully you win some money in your pool. Hell yeah, that's sweet. I should um I should fill out a bracket uh, for the first time yeah. in my life. We knowing do a groups bracket. Yeah, knowing nothing. Like I want to do it just a rank because of I mean I was like I want to do it going in blind. It's like as if that's different from how I would do it. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like I'd have to try especially hard to to do it with any knowledge. Uh, but yeah, so that would be fun. So I, I think uh, maybe maybe I'll do that. Uh, how long does that take me? Like two hours or if, like well, let's say if I'm just guessing randomly, it would take me like five minutes, right? Yeah, it'd take you like five minutes. Now, for me, I have like multiple subscriptions to like these analytics websites. And, I, yeah. and by the way, none of that actually helps when you pick the bracket. So I end up losing anyway. It makes you feel better. Like like it gives you more to do yeah. uh, in the hobby of picking the bracket. That's true. You've had yeah. really good brackets in the past, right? Like I, I feel like didn't you have a perfect bracket once? 2014, I believe it was. Yeah, 2014. I actually had a perfect first round. Oh no, sorry. I had a perfect first day and I and on the second day, which is the second day of the first round, I got one game wrong. So of those 32 games of the first round, I got one wrong, which was and that was the year where they were it was I think Warren Buffett was doing like the I'm giving a billion dollars <laughs> or whatever to the person who gets a perfect bra bracket, which by the way is pretty much impossible mathematically. Like yeah. you can't do it. And uh I remember my friends just making fun of me cuz I I didn't submit it to that thing. And then I have like the perfect first day. And I'm like, oh, sh you got to be fucking kidding me if this actually happens. <laughs> oh, my God, man. That would have been crazy. Uh, what Matt's not saying is that it actually did end up being perfect. But he does. He can't yeah. admit it to himself because he lives out on a billion dollars. Exactly. Yeah, All right. pretty much. All right. Well, those are awesome games. Uh, I mean, basketball is more than a game. It's a life. Uh, but so so are video games. And so that's what we're here to talk about today on the game show we do called Replay. <laughs> and uh, what are, uh, wait, what are we doing here? What is this? You know what threw me off? And it shouldn't. But for some reason, I hosted one episode of Game Grooves this uh, past week. It just came out today on Sunday uh, as we're recording March 13th. Uh, definitely go check it out. It's unhinged and I certainly didn't host it correctly. But for some reason, it's <laughs> like having said a bunch of different stuff has like thrown off how I normally do this. It's like <laughs> I just do one show and now that I've done two, it's like everything's in limbo. Uh, yeah, so that's where we're at. Uh, but yes, I will warn everyone, there is no truer poo this week in case that was something you were looking forward to. Uh, it's just something we like to do on the live show. And also, there's only so many surprising video game facts. I mean, I, I definitely can find a bunch, I'm sure. Uh, but I want to save them for when we can go on video and really see Matt's face as he as he never, ever guesses correctly. But maybe, maybe... I, I have faith in you. I have faith in you. I'm just a terrific liar. It's not has nothing to do with the, <laughs> <laughs> with the questions. But let's move on, Matt, because the reviews are in. 
the reviews are in. We have reviews for games, uh, and uh, none of them are that great. Uh, let's start. No. Let's start off with the Cruel King and the Great Hero. Got a seventy on Open Critic. It's out right now. It looks cool. I I I, I like the art style. I think that's obviously what we want. We'd want to talk about being like one of the better aspects. And the game looks solid. Like it doesn't look like it's got any issues. Like it looks like it's a fun game. It's an interesting design. Uh, but something about it just like kind of doesn't click with me. I guess maybe some of the Japanese influences in that paper yeah. style. Like they just seem too different to me. And I don't know. This is not a an objective review of the game. This is just me saying it's it doesn't click for me in the way that I'd like it to, but the detail's definitely there. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. I, I do think the art like when you first look at it, you're like, Oh, this looks really good. And the noisy pixel review that I watched, they likened it to a children's storybook, which it really does look like that. But it's kinda like that mixed with, as you mentioned, the Japanese influence, a JRPG aesthetic, which the closer you look it looks more off because it just, it doesn't look right either way. Like it doesn't look like it's JRPG enough and it doesn't look like it's children's storybook enough. Like there's some yeah. weird middle thing happening that's kind of off-putting. And the more you look at it, it starts to look kind of cheap, which is weird. Yeah. I think they did something interesting at least. As far as the game itself, apparently it's very short. I think it looks pretty easy. So I don't know if there's a whole lot there, but it looks like an, a neat little experience if that's what you're looking for it's like hey paper mario was really cool and it kind of was like mimicking turn-based jrpg right. things and it's like okay let's do that but like more jrpg like ditch mario let's go full like right, right. anime <laughs> characters yeah 70 though not not super inspiring uh as we've discussed before it's not super hard to get an 80 on these kind of games not to like <laughs> but it isn't they happen all the time so there's a lot to there's a lot to choose from there if you're looking for a good jrpg <laughs> Paul, did you ever read the book back in the day when you were a kid, Frog and Toad? I don't think so, no. I want something in that art style. Okay. okay. That's like a like a washed out paper style children's book. Almost like re would remind you of like an early 1900s type uh, of art style. I I've seen a, a lot. I've like seen that. a lot of memes of this. Oh, Frog yeah, and they Toad do have together. Memes, right. yeah. yeah, I I love this art style and Frog and Toad. Someone should definitely. Oh my god, eating all the cookies. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. I, I definitely check this out if you haven't seen Frog and Toad. And yeah, someone should get the IP to that and make a video game because I think that would be hilarious. <laughs> I don't know what, but I agree with you. That washed out aesthetic. They've done a lot of aping like old storybook styles or cartoon styles, but yeah, I haven't seen anything like that before i don't think so that would be cool all right moving on we talk about what lies in the multiverse no this is not a marvel uh cinematic universe project this is just like a i don't know a worse looking undertale got a 76 on open critic it's out right now it looks cool i I'm, I'm incorrect obviously talking about undertale just that that design that like very generic looking art design kind of reminds me of that uh i will say uh, the one thing I can say that looks cool is like the fact that when you move between different, uh, you know, multiverses or whatever, that you can like change what you, dimension you're in. You can like move different stuff mechanically in the game, and that seems really really cool. Um, I always like stuff like that. It's like um, like what was that one? Two D and 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 Toppy three D, whatever that one. You remember that one that was like uh, that platformer that went between like two D and three D? It came out last year. Oh. Yeah, I can't remember. 2D and Top D or I something. I know what you're talking about, but and uh, and that and that you could like do 2D stuff, but then you could flip to the 3D character, and they would have to do stuff on their end, and it would kind of like right. coalesce. Yeah, yeah. And it reminds me kind of of that mechanic, and I think that's super cool. And it's not new to do stuff like that, but I always appreciate uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah, this is a strange game. It's like the the character that your character is working with is like some weird combination between Willy Wonka and Doctor Strange. Definitely. <laughs> kind of. It looks like it has neat mechanics. It's a cool idea for a game, but the art style is super weak, super generic. It looks like there was almost no effort put into that, yeah. which for these kind of games, I feel like that has to be the selling point. Obviously, some unique, interesting mechanics are really important, and that's what's going to get the word of mouth going. But to initially sell the game, I feel like it needs to look really unique, and this just does not have that going for it. Yeah, I agree. And, and also from the reviews I saw, it's like, eight hours like it's pretty short too there's not a lot to go on so might be a cool game to to get for free at some point or get for like 10 bucks on a sale but definitely not uh 
definitely not a big seller on that. Uh, and moving on to WWE 2K22. Got a 77 on Open Critic. Very middling, as we've seen here this week in general. It's out right now. Uh, I don't care. Uh, the last uh, WWE play game I played, I think we talked about this recently, was like on N64. I rented it when I had chicken pox, and I, I think there was a guy dressed. There was a guy dressed as a Blue Jay, and I thought that was pretty cool because I like. I don't know. I had like one month where I was into the Toronto Blue Jays at the time, and uh, he just like beat the hell out of everyone. And that was pretty cool. Oh, I thought you meant he was dressed like a bird. He was. He was dressed like a bird. Oh. like he was in a Blue Jay costume. But you were also into the baseball team. Yeah, I was like, well, I was like, oh, it's cool that like he's dressed like a Blue Jay, like the mascot guy. And yeah, I was like, all right, I should be playing this guy like over because I was like, I don't know who all these big sweaty men are. I don't watch wrestling, but like I I know what a guy dressed as a Blue Jay is. I know what he's about. Like I, I get his vibe. True. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, but that's very different than WWE 2K22, uh, probably in theory. Uh, Matt, do you have any opinions on this? Like, I, I don't want to be like, I don't want to be too like, whoa, we don't play it, so we don't have much to say. But like, that's it's true. So, the professional wrestling like this, like the show that is WWE, is something that I kind of wish I could get into because mm-hmm. I really, I think it's kind of incredible what they do with their storytelling yeah but i just can't get into it none of my friends are into it so i think that's part of it if i had friends who were into it and we could like talk about it i think that would be a little bit different but i'm i'm happy for the fans because it looks like the game has come back at least a little bit better after it took that year off after the 2020 release which was just like getting rated like twos and threes and fours at best i remember playing this wwe demo game that came on a demo disc on ps1 it was on that same uh, demo disc as uh, Bloody Roar and, and Crash Bandicoot and all that. I love that. I always play it as Sting. I don't know if he... I mean, obviously, he's way too old to still be wrestling, but <laughs> I don't know if anyone, if any wrestling fans still uh, remember him back in the day, but I always played as him. I'm intrigued by the idea of, of this kind of game, and it, maybe it would like help me get into WWE stuff more, but I just don't think I'm going to drop the money on it, especially like... Obviously, it's better, but a 77 still isn't fantastic, and 2K still has terrible practices in their sports games. The only one I can manage to live with is NBA 2K, and I'm I'm only buying that like every other year now. <laughs> so, not into it, but I am happy for the fans that it's not as bad as it used to be two years ago. Totally fair. Uh, and moving on, we have Aztec Forgotten Gods got a 58 on Open Critic. It's out right now. Uh, we don't have much to say about that, so we'll just move on. And just kidding, Matt. <laughs> Matt actually got a. We got a. I'll, for in the interest of transparency, we got a review copy of the game, which is actually the first time it's happened for us. So really, really cool. Uh, props to the the team at Aztec. And uh, yeah, we. Uh, Matt played it and reviewed it and dedicated like two to three days of his life to it. And uh, it was great, right? (laughs) Unfortunately, the game is not very good. And I actually think that this 58 on Open Critic, this cumulative score here is actually probably a little bit too high. We it's funny because we talked, I think it was even last week or the week before where we talked about how games just don't get reviewed anymore unless they're going to be higher than like at least a six because people just aren't reviewing bad games. Yeah. Aztec is one of those weird situations where the promotional material was really good in some screenshots from distances. It can look really cool and really good. Like it has this unique art style, but then you actually get into the game and it's ugly. It doesn't play very well. The combat is terrible. The boss fights are frustrating. They're, the one good thing, flying around can be kind of fun, and I thought it was pretty good, although I did see some other reviews people didn't think as much. I think part of that is because the camera is so bad, yeah. so that can make the flying around uh, kind of frustrating at times and kind of wacky, but <laughs> the game has neat ideas, and it and there's something there. I think the team at Lienzo was just not big enough to make it happen. I, I at the very end of my review, which you should go check out on our YouTube channel, I said that it's a it's an indie game that plays like a bad double A game that <laughs> tries to be a triple A game. And that's really what it feels like. I was excited for this game because the promotional material really sold it really well. <laughs> and uh it's just not good. I I I 
think the 58 on open critic is too high. I think this game is like a three or a four. It's really not good. And I even said in the review, like if it were free, I would still not recommend it to people because it, you would just get frustrated. And it's just, it's just not worth your time when there are so many games that come out every single day. It's not worth your time, even if it's free. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll just say really quick, just from watching your review, but I mean, uh, there's a lot of nitpicks and a lot of negatives and a lot of things that are bad about the game, but I just can't uh, say enough about how ugly this game is. Like truly, yeah. truly like, like you mentioned, there's some stuff that looks worse than a GameCube looked like it looks like yeah. the worst version of that. Uh, and it's like 20 years later. It's like, are you kidding? Like, especially when, yeah, I get stylizing it. You know what I mean? And, and I think that the design of the game is stylized that way. And I think that's okay, but you can also stylize it that way and keep the resolution up and keep it clean looking as opposed to having like two polygons for that little child right. who looked like a monstrosity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's, there's a lot going on there, but yeah, everything. Like, I mean, I just, even like the, the professor character or like not the professor, like the, you know what I mean? Like the mother of the, the mother. main character yeah, yeah. who looked like a kind of crazy professor. Um, her, her whole thing just looked kind of bad. Like just in general, the designs were strange. Uh, yeah. I agree with you though. I like the concept that Lienzo had and I liked, uh, like the interest in like the indigenous culture and putting that in, in like a sci in like a sci-fi futuristic way. I think there's a lot to go on there. Yeah, it was a cool idea. And I, and I hope that they keep working on stuff. Cause I think that a game like this could hit, I think Aztec could have hit had it been like a better game. The concept is there and like that, it feels like the kind of niche thing that like, you know, um, like Psychonauts 2 or something, that's extremely different. But I just mean like in terms of someone going like, oh, this like kind of very stylized platformy throwback game could could really do. But it's not going to be this one. But maybe next time. Maybe next time. By the way, if your team is so small, don't make an open world game. Don't yeah. try to make an open world game. This game, you can still have the really cool flying mechanics and have big areas without it necessarily trying to emulate an open world game because there's nothing to do in this open world it's the worst open world i've ever played uh, i mean gta 3 in 2001 or whatever it was had had more going on in the yeah. open world like just don't do it don't put yourselves in that position as a small development team if you have cool and varied mechanics, like I'll say I'm super late to the party here, but I've been playing Super Mario Odyssey this week. And uh, that's another thing I didn't mention on this show, but I, I got a Nintendo Switch from my amazing partner, hey. Rachel, for my birthday last week, which is awesome. And I'm having a lot of fun with that. But yeah, I played a ton of Mario last night. And I got to say, like, if you can have large areas that are open, but that aren't an open world. And as long as the movement and everything is is clever and well designed yeah. and fun to use, I don't even care. I'm never like, oh God, I wish New Donk City was like <laughs> the size of GTA Five. I have no interest <laughs> in that. But it is really interesting, like moving around and trying to see how could I get to the top of that building. And I think that if you did that right in something like this, it would have been great too. So throw out open worlds, unless like that's the whole point of the game, then maybe. All right, let's move on to talk about some top stories of the week because we have some doozies, actually. It, it felt like initially this was kind of a, a light week, but there's there's some interesting stuff to talk about. First off, Overwatch 2. Yeah, that old chestnut. That still exists. Overwatch 2 is entering the testing phase. Hell yes. Finally. The development team posted a video updating us on the status of Overwatch 2. User Asferon on Reddit posted a great too long, did not watch. Here's some, some bullets that uh, were posted here. They want to get the games into our hands soon. They recognize they let us down on delivering Overwatch content. Yeah. Uh, rethinking Overwatch 2 with the goal it is uh, a living game. Serving players with content on a regular basis. Okay. Shifting Overwatch 2 to enable us to play it sooner. That's good. Decoupling PvP from PvE so they can get us PvP sooner. Also super important. Uh, new ping system. Live game receive less focus as the entire team focused on Overwatch 2. This is changing now. That's good. A lot of people were kind of upset about the lack of Overwatch content. Uh, the goal is to, quote, far exceed Overwatch's previous rate of content release. Cool. Overwatch 2 PvP testing is starting this week. Uh, the Alpha contains Sojourn as a new hero who looks awesome, by the way. And the Alpha is under NDA and will only be for Owl Pros and Blizzard employees. Who? Owl pros? Who? 
Close. I actually don't know what that is, but Overwatch <laughs> League. Ah, right. I did know what that is. I'm not a fool, but I didn't pick up Owl. Ooh. Closed beta starts in April. More info will be on playoverwatch.com. Public beta coming later this year, including more new heroes and maps. Quote, starting now, we'll be communicating much more frequently about our plans. Oh, my God. Finally, like, get your shit together. Um, I can only imagine uh, this is part of some of the culture change. We're already starting to see a little bit yeah. from the Microsoft acquisition. Obviously, the, the deal hasn't gone through, but I think there's a lot more if I can say like what am I, like optimism at the studio now uh, at Blizzard in general, I think there's a lot more. They've got you know some new heads in there, and I think the the move is less on like let's make this amazing, interesting, weird magic game, and just like let's release Overwatch two because like we need to like fix Blizzard. <laughs> well, I think there's also generally more effort because I think there's a lot of people who are like, I want to keep my job when Microsoft comes in, and yeah. if, if I don't show that I'm actually doing shit then they're just gonna replace me super fair um this looks awesome i mean yeah i went on for a while there's a lot of points here but i'm really excited uh we've mentioned it before i think when we did our game Gears episode and we talked about our favorite uh, game of the year nominees or uh, winners over the past uh, 10 years or so yeah uh, I think Matt, Josh, and I all said Overwatch was one of our favorite ones, or our favorite one, uh, and that's that that stands for me. I have, I have I, I know Matt, like we played a little bit, and that was really fun. But for, you didn't have that like same experience, I think, on launch or the first year of Overwatch, right? Uh, that that I I definitely did, where I I played just so much Overwatch, and I got really really into that game. I wasn't like good, or I didn't like play competitively too much, but I had a lot of fun, and it was kind of my go to like shooter game that I played, uh, which doesn't happen for me that often. I don't usually like, get uh, into like maybe a bit of Halo when one of those comes out, but yeah, I'm not much of like a come home and play shooter games uh, guy. But but Overwatch, I got super into and I really really loved. I think it was because I was into like League and other stuff at the time, and it was cool to like hero shooter. I think just like really fit perfectly. They, they Overwatch came out at the perfect time, and so I think Overwatch Two uh, is gonna be awesome. Like I I was really negative for a while just because I felt like this game isn't gonna come out and they don't even know what they're doing. Like trying to get it together, the management was so bad. Uh, but it sounds like they're gonna have to because they're really like you said i think you're right they're worried about their jobs so they're just like okay we gotta ship a good game that's like overwatch but two <laughs> so yay yeah i'm starting to get the feeling that we're gonna get overwatch 2 pvp near the end of this year and then the pve early next year that's sort of what i'm almost like the halo infinite route where they're just like okay the pvp is ready just get that out there we'll still work on the pve stuff a little bit the story stuff whatever that ends up being and we'll We'll send that out later. And for Overwatch, I think that will work. Same. The Overwatch community is starving for content. It would be just a huge deal to finally get this out there. I think it would revitalize. I do think Overwatch 2 is going to be one of those things where Overwatch is sort of on the back burner right now. But as soon as Overwatch 2 comes out, I think it's going to be a big deal again. I yeah. do think people are going to be playing this game and loving this game. And it's going to be at the top of the first-person shooter playlist like it was back in 2016 when Overwatch came out. Or 2014? How long has it been? It was 20, 2016. Okay. Yeah. Uh, or 15, maybe. I think it was 16. Anyway, Overwatch, uh, incredible, awesome stuff. I'm really, really excited. And yeah, you're right. PvP, I think, is really the key here because that's they never even had PvE before, really, just like tidbits of story. Right. So I think it makes sense to... Initially, I think the big point of this was to make a PvE kind of game and then have PvP be updated. Uh, but it's becoming clear that that direction isn't there anymore. That's not really like... That, that didn't work uh, for them. So at this point, I think they're like, let's stick with what we know, what we know how to do. Let's make a good PvP Overwatch 2. We've built it uh and then we can we can get the pve in later no one's like dying for the pve they want more pvp and initially i think it wouldn't have mattered so much if they kept updating overwatch like the original overwatch uh in pvp while they were working on the pve for overwatch 2 right. but they kind of let it die and then you know put everything in overwatch 2 so it's like okay let's let's just like launch the next like you know the next generation of overwatch and then work on the pve later you know so cool stuff cool stuff uh let's move on talk about Perfect Dark. Ooh, this is uh, something we talk about here and there, but you know we don't uh, we don't really know what's going on with that. And uh, it's even more in flux now as the game director of Perfect Dark has now left the initiative. The initiative has has disbanded. Not really, but uh, the game director has left, according to Dan Newberger's LinkedIn profile found by found by Clobriel. He left the initiative last month 
and is currently looking for work elsewhere. He left before looking for work. Okay, so there's maybe some shit going on. I don't yeah. know. Interesting. Perfect Dark's design director also previously left the project. Drew Murray left the initiative in February 2021 to rejoin his previous team. And Insomniac, probably a good move on that part. Yeah, Insomniac's killing it. Uh, Jeff Grubb claims that Perfect Dark gameplay is likely to be shown this summer, and it could come in 2023 or 2024. Uh, do we still think that that's the case? Like, I guess so. Uh, um, is that Grub quote uh, from from before this happened or or after? I think this is in response to this discussion. Gotcha, gotcha. I I could see late twenty twenty three for this game. We don't really know where it is in development though. We haven't seen anything other than that announcement CG trailer. I have no idea what to expect for this game. It could be mind-blowing, it could just be whatever, like a run-of-the-mill story FPS. I, I really don't know what to expect from this game at all. I, w I, didn't, I don't even know if I ever played the, the uh, first Perfect Dark. I didn't. Or even the second <laughs> Perfect yeah. Dark uh, Zero. I think that was what it was called. I'll be excited about this if what I see looks cool, but other than that, like I just don't really care that much. But I would love to be surprised. Yeah, uh, I, I think I'm the same way. I'd, I'd love for this to be awesome. I'm not super confident. Uh, it's just pretty weird to see a game director leave, not even for a new opportunity, but just leave. Like, I don't, I, that might just be a personal thing about uh, Newberger and less so about the project, but it does it does have a weird vibe to it. So that's interesting. Um, less so the design director stuff. Obviously, you know, uh, they left earlier in development uh, and also, you know, for a different opportunity, it happens. But uh, the game director uh, leaving at this point uh, for no other opportunity is kind of strange. So that is weird. Yeah, I hope that doesn't uh, spell any disaster, um, but Microsoft is pretty on it. Uh, so I don't know. I, I think I think ultimately whenever this game comes out, it'll be pretty solid. I don't think they're going to rush it out. I think like if this did affect development in some way, they'll give it a bit more breathing room. This game's had a lot of breathing room. It's taken forever to have something like this come out. So, you know, I, I think we're going to see something good eventually when it happens. I'm not a big perfect dark guy, but I'll probably check it out because I have uh, I have game pass. So <laughs> something. Well, let me ask you this. The Halo Infinite campaign. So like the, the single player mode of that. If Perfect Dark comes out and it's like on par with that, as far as like the reception, is that a win or is that just kind of like blah, they just kind of sent it out there. It was okay. It was above average, but it just kind of is what it is. What Would that be a win for them? I think maybe. Uh, that's a good question. I, I think that Halo Infinite's campaign was pretty well received uh, for the single player aspects. Obviously, the co-op is, you know, we're not getting that and people are upset about that. But I, I think that, you know, it's gotten... It helped to get the game, you know, mid 80s, you know, or high 80s and stuff like that. So that's pretty good. Um, I think a lot of people were just breathing a, a breath of fresh air to see that Halo had a compelling campaign again that didn't take any True. huge risks and didn't like fuck up the, the whole thing. Uh, like and it was five. a weak year. Yeah, and it was a weak year. Um, we're getting into some crazy years here. 22, 2022, 2023, even into 2024. I think we're just going to see like... Uh, I think we're going to have like a few years in a row of just like blockbuster hits every year, uh, especially as we get into like the meat of a new console generation. So, yeah, I, I got to say, I, I think it'll be a win. It's Microsoft, right? They don't need to like sell like crazy for this to be a good game. They're looking for content for Game Pass. I, I don't want to say True. that's like everything they're doing, but that is. So I think if this game ends up being in the 80s, mid 80s, I think that's fair, especially for a game that hasn't been out in like 20 years. I think it's fair for them to kind of come out and be like, hey, you know, we came back and maybe like the first one isn't perfect. Uh, dark uh person person <laughs> isn't perfect because you know we're we're trying to refuel the formula but you know people will be like hey this was really good and we're really excited to see perfect dark come back and like the second one's probably gonna like just iterate on this and make it even better so i, I think they as long as they come in and they have that similar reception to halo infinite where it was good but didn't take too many risks that's probably the right move all right let's move on and talk about speaking of microsoft uh xbox will hold an e3 style showcase in june according to jeff grubb here i keep hearing these rumors like xbox is gonna hold an e3 showcase or someone's gonna hold it it's like this happens every year right i'm not crazy that <laughs> yeah. like it's not like it's not like when e3 was going on like uh you know when we had e3 canceled a couple years ago xbox still did a big showcase like they always do right. that, i feel like so 
But anyway, I'm I'm super excited. The Microsoft show over the last few years has been one of my favorites. I mean, obviously, I'm a fanboy, uh, but it's just so cool to see them finally start to harvest some of these big acquisitions they've made and some of the big investments they've made. So it's cool to see that. I think we're just going to every year just going to keep seeing more and more and more. Uh, so Jeff Grubb says he expects to see Perfect Dark. Makes sense. Avowed, Starfield, Redfall, and Forza Motorsport 8. This is nuts. This is nuts. Matt? Uh, what do you expect to see this year? And what do you really want to see? Maybe you don't expect it, but it's like, this is this is the, the dream. I think what Grubb said is, is, I think it's probably smart to go along with what he is saying. Mm-hmm. Although I don't know about Redfall. I, I guess we don't really know how far along that is. I think we might see a little gameplay just because we have really no idea what yeah. it is. That one game, uh, Contraband, I kind of feel like we might see something from that. I think we're more likely to see something from that than we are Redfall. Really? All, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess it depends on when Redfall is going to be coming because Xbox has so many games that are being worked on right now. At some point, they also have to figure out the, their release schedule. It's almost yeah. like the PlayStation problem, except even more games, where PlayStation has like, you know, they can't release like God of War and Last of Us in the same quarter, yeah. <laughs> you know? You want to spread it out a little bit. So I think we'll see what, what Grub is, is giving us, although I, I'm not sure about Redfall, and I do think we'll see Contraband. What I want to see, which Grub didn't mention, and has me a little bit worried, to be honest, yeah, because of that, is Fable 4. I want to see Avowed as well, because I'm just very curious as to what that's going to look like. I'm kind of okay with Starfield remaining a mystery right up to launch, to be honest. Uh, but I do think we're going to see a lot of gameplay this summer. They kind of just have to. But I want to see Fable 4. That's what I yeah. want to see. I'm so curious. That's another one where we just really have no idea where it is in development right now. I don't, I think it, I'm hoping it's further along than uh, Outer Worlds 2, which is sort of what happened with that fake out trailer <laughs> last yeah. year. I really want to see Fable 4, but it worries me that Grub did not mention it. Yeah. Yeah. I- <sighs> I don't know. I think it's within the realm of like what could be a surprise. Like Grub isn't always 100% right with this kind of stuff. Like in terms of like all the things they're going to show, he's just like, this is what you'll see, but maybe something right. else will happen. You know, I, mean, I think that's possible. <sighs> Here's the thing. So I'll say Fable would be incredible. Uh, it would be really, really cool to see it. It's not like my my most wish listed thing ever, uh, but I am really excited once I see what it's going to look like or be at all. Uh, I never played the original Fables, but it's one of those things that I, I missed out on and I sincerely wish I could go back and experience in the time that they kind of happened. I think they're a little too dated now for me to enjoy yeah, in, the, yeah. in the way I could have enjoyed them had I played them at the time they came out. So say la vie. So I'm really hoping this will be really, really good. They didn't age super well. Yeah, and there was like a remaster, right? But I think that's like, eh, I don't know. So yeah, that was like ten years ago, though. I yeah, I know. Yeah, so it's it's a while. Uh, so yeah, so uh, you know, I'm excited to see Fable. I'm excited to see that could be something really, really big. Uh, but yeah, I think they're gonna give it as long as it takes to get it right. I still think maybe there's some issues here with like Playground Games having to transition so much from doing something like Forza. Uh, horizon to doing something like fable i think it's just going to take them maybe longer to get it just right uh, and i'm okay with it taking as long as it needs to take that's fine it's I mean, like there's no it's not like if you don't release a new fable soon something else is going to happen and it's like we're all going to be sick of fable like it's been so long that just like you know if you're going to relaunch this massive new fantasy franchise eh, take some time take some time so but yeah, yeah i would love to see it i'd love to see it even something, even just like a better, maybe a better cinematic trailer, kind of like the Outer Worlds 2 thing, where they just spend a little bit of time kind of doing a cinematic, maybe kind of introducing the world and what it might feel like. And that's it. That would be fine for me, too. Uh, just to remind us, we're working on it. You know, we're, you know, maybe give us a, a generic year like 2025. So we just like know that that's kind of in the in the pipeline. Uh, but yeah, in terms of games, I definitely out of this list that I want to see, uh, I want to see Starfield. And I know it's very different than how you feel on that. And I think that's, you know, fine. I, I think there's there's multiple ways to go about this. I don't know if it's smart for me to want to see too much Starfield beforehand because I don't want to like ruin it for myself. But I just still don't really know what this game is going to look or feel like at all. That's what I'm worried about. That's why I don't want to see it. That's why I do <laughs> want to see it because I want to know. I want to feel it out and have time to 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 understand how Bethesda in the past this is going to be or how like this is a big deal because this is the first I think this is going to be the first really I don't want 
I don't want to jinx it, but I think this could be the first really different looking Bethesda game in a long time. Like, I think this could be not I hope it could still rubber band all over the place and whatever, whatever. But <laughs> I think it'll look more polished and less stiff maybe than the ones in the past have looked. I think it can just look a little different, a little more fluid. And I'm excited to see what that looks like. And I, and I want to know how much it is so then I can have a few months to like like temper my expectations and, and, and kind of understand what it's going to be. But I'm really excited because, yeah, besides the idea of like space optimism and some of the cool like locales we've seen, I don't really know what this game is going to actually feel like to play. And so I would like a little bit of something. It doesn't to be like extreme gameplay. I would take some like, you know, pre-rendered cinema, like, uh, you know, in-game, in-engine cinematic stuff that just kind of like goes through, I mean, which they showed us before, of course, but I mean, just like goes through a bit more of like the the locale or maybe the main kind of story, like where you're going to start and what your kind of character might be. Um, Cause like they, they did that kind of, that's how they showed off like fallout four and some of that stuff too, where they kind of give you an idea of like yeah, what, what kind of part of the world you're placed in, what, when you're going to like wake up and be in the game. So I kind of want to know that. So I kind of get excited for it, but I'm really excited. I, I, I'm weirdly optimistic for Starfield to be something really special. Uh, I wasn't initially, but I'm kind of like, fuck it. I'm all in. I'll play a shit ton of Starfield. So, I'm into that. Um, yeah, and I won't keep talking forever, but I will say Avowed is cool. I'm really, really excited for that. I, I for some reason, think this is going to be like the biggest thing ever because they, they seem to be teasing it like that. Um, but I actually don't, I don't, I still just kind of know nothing. And so I'd like to see more. Uh, there's a lot of games on here that we really know nothing about. Like most of the stuff, uh, like Xbox has been keeping it super under wraps for all these big games they're going to launch. I mean, Redfall, weirdly, is probably the thing we know the most about, like, in terms of yeah, like, this yeah. iteration, because they showed that whole, like, thing where they True. kind of explain the characters a little bit, and you see them doing their thing and interacting with each other. We don't really have that for anything else. I mean, Forza Motorsport 8, obviously, is pretty self-explanatory, <laughs> uh, which I think a lot of people are going to be excited for, because I think a lot of people have felt Forza Motorsport's kind of been put to the wayside a little bit for Horizon uh, for a while, so it'll be cool to see a modern version of that. But I- I- I'm super excited. This is going to be like like you said selection sunday is like christmas this is kind of my christmas uh not just like e3 season but specifically the xbox event is so cool to me uh i just love i love seeing all the stuff on the horizon for them so really excited for that all right moving on to speak about something a little bit different than xbox returnal from the uh the playstation team over here returnal is getting a free update called ascension on march 22nd Probably the biggest news from last week's state of play. That was a uh, real bummer. Uh, let's really can we just have a second here to talk about state of play? Um, what a bummer! I, I I want to shout out. Was it was it Tom Henderson or, or Special Nick or who who's the one who said like we're gonna see Hogwarts Legacy and all that? Like get out of town with that. This is the big one. Said someone. <clears throat> that was Special Nick. Now the thing is, state of play is different from a showcase. I do think it's possible that we get a showcase later in the month. State of play has usually always been a little bit smaller and they did at, at the at least like when they announced it they tempered expectations they said this is going to be 20 minutes and it's mostly going to be uh talking about Japanese developed games. Right. And so at least at least they said that so we didn't go into it expecting something crazy, but I I wonder if there were some wires that got crossed as far as the leaks go. You know, maybe there is a massive showcase coming either later this month or next month or in May or something like that. And the leaker, whoever their sources got them mixed up or something and then thought it was the one coming this week. But it turns out this was just a small state of play. I don't know. Who knows? No one can really know unless you're the one making those decisions at Sony. But yeah, it was it was a little bit disappointing. Yeah, but that's okay. That's okay. Luckily, you and I weren't like sitting there live watching it, so we didn't. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we weren't like our faces weren't dropping to the ground in sadness like uh, Mike's was while he watched it. Uh, all right, but yeah, let's keep talking about this Returnal update. The update will add co-op to the game, which I actually think is a really, really killer feature for uh, Returnal, as well as new content in the form of an endless arcade mode called the Tower of Sisyphus. I also think that's a great idea for Returnal. Yeah. Uh, quote here for about Sisyphus: It's an ascending gauntlet of increasingly dangerous phases with with each containing 20 floors. Upon entry, eliminate all the enemies on each floor and secure your package. <laughs> secure your package. <laughs> <laughs> to the next one up. Secure your package, also secure boys. Your package. <laughs> yeah. That's the uh that's the Death Stranding uh tower. Endless tower. Yeah, secure yeah. your package. <laughs> the package is secure. Uh all right. Yeah, this sounds cool. Uh I, listen, I don't really have the setup to play Returnal right now. I think it's is it only on PS5 or is it on PC or something as well? It is PS5 only. 
Yeah, so obviously I don't have the uh, capability to play Returnal right now, but uh, it looks cool to me. And but like just having that linear gameplay where it's really hard and you just get stuck is like is okay. But I really really like the idea. I could just go into like an endless mode and just kind of work my way uh, at it and get a little bit better at it maybe in that sense too. Uh, and also co-op I think is so fun for a game like this. And mm -hmm. I, wow, I just think this is like a complete, like it was already a complete game, but I think a lot of people were kind of like, oh, this is a very specific type of experience uh, and you have to like it. But I think they're adding more now uh, to make it more varied. And I think if this had been in the game at the beginning, people might have like considered it more as like a full game, I think. Yeah, Returnal's not my cup of tea, but this update sounds awesome. Yeah. Especially for people who have maybe had trouble getting through the game. The co-op is a big deal, similar to how the Dark Souls games work, where if you have a friend who just maybe can't beat a boss, you can join them, help them out. So I think that's really good. The Tower of Sisyphus thing is a super cool idea. I mean, it fits right into the whole roguelite thing like it just works perfectly in this sort of game so i think that's that's going to be a lot of fun for a lot of players but yeah if i were a returnal fan i mean this is a massive update and it's free that's the greatest part it's free and it's coming out in nine days that's nuts I, it's almost like a little shadow drop it's awesome to yeah. hear like hey in a couple weeks this is coming out really really exciting stuff for people who are into that so really awesome awesome speaking of things coming out for playstation sly cooper 5 and a new infamous game may be revealed in the second half of 2022. That's according to account NGT, an industry leaker. Sly Cooper is likely being developed by Pixelopus in collaboration with Sony Animation, according to another industry leaker, Special Nick. Get your shit together, Nick. Uh, <laughs> Sony Animation may be working on a cartoon project at the same time. What is a cartoon? Like a cartoon show? Uh, that would be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah, a Sly Cooper cartoon. Yeah. Uh, did you play? You were you were into Sly Cooper, right? Younger, I think. No. No. I've okay. never played a Sly Cooper. Me neither. I know. I know very little about it, but I know it's beloved. That's all I know. I'm excited about this because I've never played Sly Cooper before. Yeah. But I can't really like go back and play the old ones now. I mean, yeah. the last one that came out was I think an early PS3 release. I don't even know like if I would have access to any of these games, yeah. even if I wanted to play them. But this is exciting. Pixel Opus seems like a good studio to take it over since Sucker Punch is clearly busy if this new Infamous thing is happening, yeah. uh, especially. But with Ghost of Tsushima 2, I'm sure that's being worked on. So this is exciting. I would love to play a modernized Sly Cooper in the same way that I really felt like the reboot of Ratchet & Clank just breathed new life into that franchise. This would be fantastic. Sly Cooper is absolutely a fan favorite amongst PlayStation fans, except me, apparently. <laughs> so this is this is great. This is great news. I hope it's true. Of course, it's a leak. This is nothing is official. That's why it's near the end of <laughs> yeah. of the uh, news in the show because we don't know if this is real or not. But I would love to hear about it. if it if, if this whole reveal in the second half of 2022 is true as well. I think that would mean that we're probably getting some sort of PlayStation showcase also in the second half of 2022, then that would make sense. I think this, you would show this sort of thing at a big event. Like this would be a one more thing type of deal. Yeah, I, I agree. This would be really, really cool. I, I'm most excited, honestly, about the thing we have the least information about, which is the infamous game, because that would yeah. be fucking incredible. I mean, I here's the thing. I, I kind of missed out on infamous a lot. And then I played a bit of Second Son and I had a really, really good time with it, but I didn't like spend forever on it. So I'd like it'd be kind of cool to have a new experience that's like wholly built for PS5. That would be sick. I would be really excited for something like that. Yeah, I didn't like Second Son. It just felt the game felt outdated in a way like the the open world that the game has just felt like it was maybe like almost a generation late. Uh, I don't know. It just it didn't feel like a modern game to me. I, I maybe I just missed something there and maybe I need to go back and revisit it. But it, it felt off. Yeah, no, I know. I, I, Second Son was apparently not super well received, and, and that's so... I mean, I had an okay time playing it, but it didn't, like, grip me in the way that I think, like, something more modern and built for PS5 would, I think, if they really put the attention and care into it. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see that happen. Uh, and let's move on to something I'm pretty excited about. Super Nintendo World is finally opening at Universal Studios Hollywood in 2023. 
This is cool. This is awesome. Uh, we know nothing about what will be there yet, um, but we're assuming probably going to take some uh, some inspiration from the current park in Japan. And they're also planning a park uh, for Universal's Epic Universe Park in Orlando, which is expected to open in summer 2025. I haven't heard of this Epic Universe Park. Is it like a big new Universal like Islands of Adventure, like a new add-on kind of thing? Yeah, I hadn't even I hadn't heard about it until I put it into the show notes either. Yeah, but I looked it up and it is going to be like a, a separate park. That's sweet. I assume in the same area as the current Universal and Islands of Adventure, but it's going to have um, this Nintendo stuff. There's going to be a Harry Potter section and um, oh, there's going to be a uh, like the Universal Monsters uh, are going to have a section. And there's, oh, there's one that. other one I'm forgetting about. But yeah, it sounds like a really cool idea for a park. That does seem cool. One of my favorite parts at Universal Studios, actually, which is super cheesy, but I really like the uh, the monster movie makeup show or whatever. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. No, I don't think I have. It's like just showing how they do the makeup for the monsters for like the wolf oh, man cool. and all that stuff. But then it like it has like a little, of course, it's like a theme park thing. So, of course, like one of the monsters comes alive and on the stage and starts <laughs> like fucking with the guy. And anyway, it's really uh, it's pornographic, quite frankly. Oh, uh, no, wow. it's 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 he's not, literally but, fucking. Yeah, he's literally, yeah, wow. absolutely. It's it's dark. Uh, no, but it's it's a lot of fun and it's cool to see uh, some Universal Monsters stuff show up, especially because they have like the mummy ride and stuff at Universal too. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about here is Nintendo, <laughs> Super Nintendo World in Hollywood, uh, Universal Studios. Super exciting. Uh, I they've they're doing so many cool new things. Like I feel like things used to start in like Disney World, Universal in Florida, and Florida was kind of the big thing. Now that I feel like they're like testing everything out in California, and it's like that's ah, too far for me. Do it in the Florida park. That's closer to me as an East Coaster. Specifically for this one, I think it's because of the just the the distance between Japan and California. Yeah. I think that's what it is. That's fair. But you're right. It does seem that way. Well, actually, I just remembered why they're doing it with Marvel um, as well. Because I was going to say I'm, I'm disappointed because the Marvel stuff's all in California, the, the Avengers area. But I remembered why. It's because of the laws, uh, like the, the special copyright deal they have with uh, Universal uh, for Spider-Man. Uh, and some other heroes, oh. they have a deal where they're not allowed to use uh, like Disney's not allowed. They, they, they're they not allowed to use those characters in like certain states southeast of Mississippi wow. or something. like it's a whole thing. They have this whole deal where Universal is allowed to use Spider because they've like licensed them out indefinitely or something. Uh, so as long as Universal keeps using them in their parks, Disney can't use them except in like a very specific area. And they have to they can't call it Marvel. That's why it's called like Avengers Campus. They have to call it Marvel. Wow. They have to call it, they have to they can't call it Marvel area because they're not allowed to use that trademark in the area. It's so weird. So just just really quickly, I know we're talking about the Nintendo thing, but I just want to say that's why I think that went in California only, not in wow. Florida. And so maybe I, I guess the Nintendo thing, like you're saying, the closeness to the proximity to Japan too on the West Coast. So yeah, I think there's like a lot uh, a lot of reasons why all this stuff is show up in California. It's not random. <laughs> that is crazy. That that makes sense, but it is crazy how Disney can't use their own <laughs> property because of pre-existing deals. It's super weird. Yeah, the the Marvel of the past kind of screwed over a lot, a lot of the, the future stuff later with deals. Yeah, I would love to go to this park. This sounds so fun and so just fun. like a happy place to be. Yeah. What I really want is like the map in Overwatch, the Blizzard World map. <laughs> That's yeah. what I really want. <laughs> That's like that is such a cool map in that game what i really want is i just want a world of warcraft theme park is really what i'm saying <laughs> that's what i want i just want more video game theme parks i think that's so cool we have all these great worlds open worlds world building blah, blah blah and then you see like disney universal like you know building parks that are like world building we see like the pandora stuff in, in disney world where they've like really built this like incredible insular oh, yeah. experience and it's like that's video games already built those worlds. You literally just have to like plop them into the park and they're done. Like you don't even have to world build yourselves. It's it's done. It's so cool. I mean, there's a lot of work into it. I'm just saying these are great IPs to be putting into parks. So I'm really excited about the Nintendo deal. That's awesome to see. Uh, I'm really excited. It'd be cool if they had like exclusive amiibos or something cool or just like Ooh. things you could get there that like interact with your your switch or other stuff. It's, I don't know. Seems cool. Seems like an awesome space. Video game theme parks are definitely what's going to happen next. I mean, so many of the theme parks that exist right now are all based on movie stuff, yeah. but video games are definitely what's happening next. And that's exciting. 
Yeah, definitely. Because we're seeing it get nerdier, right? We're seeing like comics as oh, yeah. comics become like the and like geeky stuff becomes the zeitgeist, you know, of blockbusters. So yeah, video games I think are next. Maybe with any luck, we can see video game movies and shows start to become more popular again over the next as they're like adapting everything, and that's yeah. when we'll see that stuff maybe move to parks too. And I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see what's up. Uh, all right, let's move into some quick stories of the day. Let's just do a little roundup here. Yeehaw of release dates we got this week. Uh, it's not the NFT roundup like we had on the first episode of the show, but it is, uh, it's a release date roundup. First off, Dead Space Remake is coming early 2023. It's optimistic, but that makes sense. They showed some stuff that really felt made it feel like this is not as far away as I initially thought it was going to be. Uh, Gotham Knights got a release date October 25th. I will just say really quick, good for spooky season. I think a little Batman, a little running around, yeah, the, true. running around Gotham. I think that'll be cool. Um, Forspoken, sadly, has been delayed till October 11th, but I'm okay with that. Uh, take your time with Forspoken. I don't want it to be generic and, and meh. Uh, I'm willing to wait. Yeah, that feels like a game that has a lot going on in the background for trying to make it work because it is this massive uh, open world with like super quick travel speed and a lot of particle effects in combat and so make sure that the game works and that it runs well take all your time that you need because i do think there's something special there yeah that, like like you wrote here and i'll say as well that the new trailer was insane uh i saw oh, yeah. Some, yeah like uh we were talking to mike in, in discord about it and he was saying like oh you know i kind of made me less interested but like for me it blew my mind i the, i, I if anyone knows me, they'll know that like some of my favorite magic, some of my favorite stuff is like elemental power. I just think that's so amazing. And I, I'm probably not alone in that. And I think that like when they're showing the switching between like fire and, and lightning and then they show like yeah. you cert, you like make an ice surfboard and start like surfing around on it, like windsurfing on it. Yeah, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and the idea that you can like switch between all these, uh, that's exactly my favorite power fantasy. So, yeah, really, really excited for this. Uh, crossing my fingers that it'll be awesome. Also, moving on to something that, oh, I'm sure we won't see for a long time. Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot has been delayed to an unspecified date. Originally, it was going to come out April 8th, but due to the war in Ukraine, uh, we're not we're not going to see that game. Uh, I, I was a little unclear at first, but it's it, I, from what it sounds like, the, the, the plot of the first game has something to do with like Russia invading a nearby country just for the shits of it and like it's like played for <laughs> played for humor uh and like dark humor so yeah uh definitely i can't imagine this game coming out anytime and like i think they're just gonna shelve it yeah i don't know it, it's gonna be an interesting thing to follow i don't yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't want to get like political <laughs> or get into. I just, but I'm just saying, like, it's it's so weird. Like, it, like, I can't. Like, if you shelved it now because you're like, it's in, it's insensitive to what's going on. I don't think we're gonna like see this, you know, world issue stop anytime soon. So right. it's like, I don't know. I think maybe it's not gonna be the time. Uh, also interesting to note that the first game came out September 10th, 2001, uh, and that also affected uh, release on that time too. So. Yeah, just advanced wars having a lot of having a lot of political issues. So they could, I guess, like in two months, just release it quietly if yeah. they just want to get it out there, but just don't put a ton of marketing into it. Just let it go out, and it's like, okay, this is available for anyone who wants to play, it, but we're not going to make a big deal out of it. They could do something like that. I think that's going to end up being what they have to do. Yeah, I think that makes total sense. That is definitely going to be what they end up having to do. Elite Dangerous has also canceled further development on the console versions of the game. This is disappointing. This is disappointing to me. We have a quote here uh, from the developers. Over the last several months, we have been wrestling with the best way to move forward, and it is with a heavy heart we have decided to cancel all console development. We need to be able to move forward with the story of the game, and in order for us to do this, we need to focus on a single code base. Elite Dangerous will continue on console as it is now, together with critical updates, but we will focus on new content updates on PC on the post-Odyssey code base. This is not boding well for Elite Dangerous, uh, as we saw it as people saw it being a bigger deal, you know, I think there was like a really good kernel of a space game there. The controls, the movement, the way that you go through space is really incredible. Um, and Odyssey was kind of, you know, meant to give you your 
your your legs on the planet a little bit and get out and move around and it didn't super work i think uh and so people were you know hoping that maybe they could get turn this around fix some things and it sounds like you know maybe the only way they can fix things is to scale down a little bit and try to focus on just pc but i think ultimately that's going to hurt the longevity of this game i think it's a it's a bummer yeah i think it, it it's similar to the problem with aztec totally different games but it's similar in that i think these smaller teams have big ambitions and they just need to at some point the problem is you you go full in on something and then you see it doesn't work because your team is too small and then you need to scale back so I think it's better to just start smaller and slowly creep up. But we see this happen all the time. I mean, Star Citizen, a game with massive feature creep, although they have all the money in the world and they have they could have the biggest team in the world that they want. The problem is these these projects with, with people who might not be as experienced working on these. Well, I mean, these are highly ambitious projects. No one has experience working on something like this, really. And so just stick to PC, make sure it works. And if it works, if, if everything is, is going well, then move it over to console. But yeah, I can totally understand that it would be difficult to have these two games being updated simultaneously and with two separate code bases. But everyone does that, you know, that's normal. And and the console release has been out for like as long as the PC release. It's been out forever, for years and years. So it's like weird to just yeah, be like, I, bye. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. They, they just shouldn't have probably done it in the first place until yeah. it was working perfectly on PC. Yeah, it's weird that they did early. And then I think, well, and I'll say last thing, I don't want to make this a big, long story, but I will say uh, we talked about this recently. No Man's Sky, Elite Dangerous, Star Citizen. The scope of space games just gets out of hand because when yeah. you have space exploration like that and, and full ship movement in a, in a galaxy, in a universe, um, people start to, ex- and then you can go on planet. Then you start, and even Eve to a certain degree, you get this thing where people go, okay, this is real life space travel. We want one-to-one. We want you to be able to go on every planet. We want full cities. It, it starts to build up in this weird way it can't just be flying around space and i think if elite well it can and i think if elite dangerous had maybe kept to that that might have been smart but i think they started to try to get into that feature creep idea where okay maybe we'll let you walk around the planets and maybe we'll let you go to space stations and maybe we'll let, and then it's like pretty soon it gets out of hand and you become star citizen except you don't have 400 million dollars and pretty soon yeah we're just we're just out of time here we're out of we're out of money so yeah, I feel for them. It's tough. People get a lot of desire for space games to go crazy. No Man's Sky, again, they've done everything they can to like make it kind of feel like this one-to-one crazy experience, and they've added everything you could imagine adding. But at the end of the day, the game is still just kind of like an exploration game. It wasn't built to be Star Citizen, and so you right. reach like a block at a certain point where it's like it can only go so far, and I think Elite Dangerous is reaching that in a different way where I think it's just too difficult for their team to even be able to add the stuff at this point. Uh, so yeah, bummer. Moving on, Square Enix opened a YouTube channel with a massive library of music across a number of their franchises like Final Fantasy, Nier, Chrono Trigger, and more. Cool. That's awesome. It's fun if you want to listen to some some video game music. Uh, neat. <laughs> yeah, I don't really have anything to say. It's more yeah. a PSA than anything else. Yeah. I know there are a lot of people that really love the music in Square Enix games, so big deal for them good for them they can go listen to it on youtube anytime they want i guess i mean i'm sure there were other ways to listen to it before but hey go uh subscribe to their channel on youtube i guess hell yeah smash that like button also chrono trigger for pc and mobile received an update that adds full screen support auto battle speed boost extra save slots and more uh matt you 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 wanted this one in there so what's what's the what's the chrono trigger hubbub yeah so i know this isn't big news but Here's the thing, like, I've never played Chrono Trigger. I bought the mobile version, like, a year or two ago because I figured it's five bucks. I could buy it on PC, but I feel like this is a game... This could be one of those really good mobile games that I just have on the go, and it's a beloved game. Some people consider it one of the best games of all time. I haven't played it yet, uh, but I did notice last week this random update on the App Store, and so I looked into it, and this might get me to finally try it out. I don't know... Like, I don't know if it's changing everything about the game. I don't think it is, but the auto auto battle speed boost is good, especially for a mobile game. I feel like that adds to that. The full screen support, extra save slots. I think it goes up to 20. Not that I really probably need more than one, <laughs> yeah. I guess. But the fact that they actually went back and, and fixed some stuff, made the game a little bit better for PC and mobile, I think that's good, and it, and it makes me want to go and take another look at it. 
Hell yeah. Good to see. It's always fun to have some patient gamer uh, time and a little bit of uh, support to old games that might just push people over the edge of playing them. So we love to see it. Speaking of old games coming back, Glover is coming to PC on April 20th for 20. Get really blitzed and uh, be like, why the (laughs) fuck am I a glove bouncing a ball? This is crazy. Uh, The game is completely redone from the original source code of the N64 version, which is a little controversial. I think that was kind of the definitive version for a lot of people that's like the one that a lot of people played but i think there were some updates and and some little additions in the playstation and the pc versions that some people were kind of sad won't maybe be there so depends on how they decide to add things in obviously they're redoing it so you know they might be able to add in whatever they want uh i for one uh obviously have a little bit of a uh connection to glover Uh, it makes it sound like i like my uncle made it or something no i just like (laughs) i have a connection to glover actually my uncle was the uh president of nintendo so uh actually that's kind of crazy no but i i I really liked glover i didn't like glover as a kid but i had it and i played it way too much because you know you have like four games as a kid you just play whatever you have so i played a lot of glover and of course, I, I do infamously have like a gag from the first Game Gears episode where I where I guess Glover all the time uh, for for a game. But uh, yeah, ultimately, uh, I won't buy this. I don't want to play Glover. It's it's I it's creepy and it uh, it, it freaks me out and uh, I'm not interested in it. But cool stuff. Super weird. Super weird to bring back Glover of all things. Yeah, I don't really know why it's getting a re-release. I don't know if it's. I don't know if the juice is worth the squeeze on this one. Unless yeah. it becomes like a meme type thing and a bunch of people buy it for for the lulls. It will. I don't really know why, but good for them. Whatever. If people yeah. are going to enjoy it, then that's good. Yeah, this is going to be... They're, they're really banking on Dunkey making a good video on yeah. it. And then people just going to buy it because Dunkey made a video on it. That's probably what it's going to be here. <laughs> that's kind of the move. <laughs> All right. Matt's. This is normally the part of the show where I ask you what happened on Game Grooves this week, but uh, a little bit different, a little bit different this week. Yeah, I wasn't on the show this week (laughs) for the first time. So uh, you hosted, you tell me, Paul, what happened on the show this week? Great question. Well, this was the 37th episode of Game Groups, if I'm not mistaken. Of course, Matt was not here for for reasons that I can't disclose on the podcast. Uh, I'm kidding. There was no... I don't, I don't even remember why. I think he was just busy. It's because oh, the, the Aztec the review. review. The Aztec Sorry, review. my brain is... <laughs> yeah, Matt was busy doing an important thing where we got a review copy for a game. Uh, but yeah, uh, I hosted Game Groups with uh, Mike and Josh. And of course, if you... So the big news is that Mike and Josh were actually in the same geographic location. Mike went to visit Josh for his birthday, which was awesome. So that made the show a little bit more unhinged than it would already be uh, with me hosting because they were both together and getting pretty drunk. And uh, I did the same on my end. So it's kind of the lost episode as Matt dubbed it. And I think it's a great way to describe it. Uh, We talked about the Steam Deck uh, in the big question, which actually was like a relatively coherent conversation. So that was great. Um, But otherwise, the rest of it was uh, insane. Uh, We played some games. We played, uh, what did we play? Over Under, uh, which was good. Guess the, you know, guess the price, guess the units sold. Uh, And we also, I don't even know what else we did. We uh, did stuff. It was good. Honestly, there's no way to describe it. It was just a train wreck. If you want to listen to a train wreck, that's why you're listening to it, not because of the content. Um, but it's a lot of fun. We we had a we had a lot of fun. If you enjoy contagious laughter, you'll enjoy this because we we were all hysterical the entire episode, uh, and it's 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 a good one. I, Matt is <laughs> Matt's cringing as I talk about it. When I when I asked Paul for the timestamps. He sent me the timestamps and it says uh, trending topics attempt one and trending topics later in the show attempt two. And I was like, oh, God, this is going to be a shit show. <laughs> what happened with that was I'll say right ahead just for anyone who's interested is that uh, I wrote the show ahead of time. Like I wrote the games and stuff, uh, but I forgot to write trending topics. And then I tried to do it live. Well, uh, well, those two vamps uh, without editing it out, of course. And then uh, I couldn't I couldn't uh, do it in time. I couldn't figure out Google Trends. Uh, and then later in the show, well, my Mike took about 10 minutes to talk about the latest games he's been playing. Uh, I, I, I managed to uh, to put it together. Uh, so as, as, a, as a meme to, to meme on how long it took him to talk about it. So it's a lot of fun. You definitely want to check it out. A lot of ribbing, a lot of a lot of good natured. Uh, this is I'm done. I'm done talking about it. Go listen to it. It's out right <laughs> just, now. Just listen to it. Just listen to it. I don't have to explain myself for 10. We f- could just repeat the show right now for the next hour and then 
Hell yeah. They don't even have to go listen to it. Hell yeah. Welcome to Game Grooves episode 37. Uh, obviously, it's a little different this week because I'm hoping... <laughs> okay, that's, that's enough. That's enough. Uh, hey, listen. As I mentioned uh, several times in this week's Game Grooves episode, we do have a Patreon if you're enjoying what we do here. Patreon.com slash goodnightgrooves where we have a $1, $3, and $5 tier. The $3 plus tier will get you early access to uh, Game Grooves, which is awesome. On uh, Normally, you can listen on Sunday, but you can listen on a Friday if you're a patron, which is awesome. We love that. Also, special shout out to our patron in the $5 plus tier, Jeremy R., Hawk Guy himself, Renner. We love him. Our favorite Avenger. Uh, never change, Pony Boy. Also, if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider dropping us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Super helpful. It makes a big difference for us in the Algo rhythm. I wonder if there's a meme for that. Can we get like Al Gore dancing when we say algorithm? Maybe. Next time we do the video podcast, let's get uh, yeah. Mike. Let's get Mike working on that one. So <laughs> sorry, Mike. This is <laughs> the kind of thing that Josh does on SFG. He's like, stop. Also, if you want, we do have an awesome uh, YouTube show called SFG Southern Fried Grooves. You can check out where we're doing Let's Plays, which is really fun. So you definitely want to see it. Uh, normally, I say thanks to Mike for putting the show together because he puts together the awesome video uh, for the live show. But alas, uh, he didn't this week. So I'll just thank him anyway for all of his tireless work every other week except this one time. And also, Matt, I'll thank you for putting together so much of today's show, which was fantastic. Thank you so much. Do you have anything else to say before we head out of here on this wonderful Selection Sunday? The Platinum Trophy for Aztec only has 15. The trophy list is 15 trophies. You get 14, you get the Platinum. One of those trophies is beat the game in under two hours. Not going to happen. Sorry, I'm not revisiting this this thing. Not going to happen. That sounds like... And if you don't get it, then you have to replay the game again. It sounds miserable. Not going to happen. I'm not getting your Platinum Aztec. I'm sorry. Well, it's just it's one of those games you're going to play over and over and over again because it's just like an instant classic, you know? That's what they're, they're oh, yeah, banking totally. on. They're banking yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speedrun community. All right, speaking of getting bored, this show's over an hour long. So... Without further ado, we will see all of you next week on another exciting episode of Replay, hopefully live next time. And until then, good night, groups.